This episode of the Twin City Tone Podcast is brought to you by the following. Is it time to sell your home and upgrade to a new one? If so, call the only agent the Twin City Tone Podcast trusts. Tim Sheets of Remax Results has been serving the Twin Cities for the past decade. Give him a call at 651-578-2277. That's 651-578-2277. Or find him at SheetsSells.com. That's Sheets with a Z. Clothing. Are you an artist looking to brand yourself? Or maybe you have a brand and want to expand your network? If so, come down to Ill Clothing, home of Ill Cartel Music. Your one-stop shop for music videos, photo shoots, flyers, graphic design, and all your recording needs. Maybe you're looking to rent out a spot for your video shoot, listening party, or other private event. Come check us out at Ill. 522 North Concord, South St. Paul. For more info, call 651-734-5847. Now affiliated with Long Doe and Cherry Sky Studio. Ill gang, ill lifestyle, ill everything. Yo, well, let's get this started. What are you going to talk about? I'm talking about sampling records. No, they say about the crazy ones. The most. Hip-hop means everything to me. It's, it's my culture. Ha. Crazy, man. You're, you're now rocking with the Twin City Tone Podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you know. I'm the king of my city. The Twin City Tone Podcast. I got my head up in the pot. No fakes. My last night was great, nigga. My last night was great. Four days on the transaction, hard times on the black top. Phone calls on cell phones, my cell phones got cold blocks. Call block for a fuck, nigga. Fuck, nigga, no phone time. My phone time for the bucks, nigga. Retaliation for the old crimes. My old crime, no evidence, no shell case. No shell case in the residence, cause the residence had a stalemate. Standing in the middle of the street, choppers on top choppers. Face to face, and everybody got handguns with a handgun. Ain't trying to squash the beat. In street, dead in street. Everybody got stripes on the line. Alright, back at it, man. Episode 59 of yeah. the Twin City Tone Podcast. I go by the name of Twin the City Tone himself. Make sure to follow me on all social media at Twin City Tone. And uh, yo, if you're listening to this right now and you have not already, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, etc. And leave us a review. My co-host Big Wiz is in here with me. Yes, uh, I'm in the building. It's your boy Big Wiz. You can follow me on social media at Big Wiz 612 or just Big Wiz. Google the boy. I'm out here. Yeah, yeah. And yo, uh, this is legendary right now, man, man. Bucket list. Bucket list right here. Yo, this guy's been in the game. Forever putting it down independently. We got a legend right now. It's uh Fig Panamera, aka JT, JT. the bigger figure. All right, let's go. What's happening? What's happening? There he is, man. What's there good, JT? Is. How you feel, man? Oh, uh, much love to y'all. Definitely appreciate you taking the time to uh call in and rock with us, man. Uh, JT, this is you know, this is this is bucket list. This is major. So uh yo, just want to chop it up with you, man, and kind of you know, expose you to like a new audience, man, because a lot of people, they might not know your story, but they definitely need to. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I, I really appreciate it. You know, I don't even be doing interviews, but, you know, my wife told me that, you know, some good people uh, trying to do it. So, 
Hey man, I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's uh let's jump right into it, man. Before before we get started though, JT, let them know where they can follow you on all social media, man. Um, on social media, my name is Fig Panamera, and that's F I G G Panamera, like the Porsche. P A N A M E R A. Fig Panamera, Fig Panamera, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, uh on Facebook. Uh, that when I'm old, I'm Fig Panna on on Facebook. Yeah, that's P A N A Fig F I G G. Okay. Yes, sir. Dope, dope. So, yo, make sure you go follow Fig Panamera on all that social media. Lock in with this movement because he's got a lot going on. So, yo, JT, man, you've been in the game. We were talking before before this interview here. Like, it's damn near thirty years, right? I mean, you've been rocking for a long yep. time. So, yep, almost thirty. Yep. Wow. Matter of fact, matter of fact. Uh, I officially recorded my first song ever in my life in 1988. Yep. That's wow. Funny. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's crazy, man. So originally, so you're from you're from Frisco, right? Yep, San Francisco, Fillmore District. Fillmore District. That's right. So, yo, let's let's take it all the way back there, man. Like, what? Um, when did you get started in music? Like, what what inspired you to start rapping? Well, um, as far as I always was music orientated by uh, just being a fan, man. It, it started in in elementary school, you know, fourth, fifth grade. Uh, uh, King of Rock, Run DMC, okay. Uh, the Fat Boys, LL, you know, it, it was cassette tapes. I didn't have no money for no cassette tape, but whoever had one, shit, I, we was we was listening to it. But my 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 pursuit to take it serious was basically, uh, you know, the life of crime wasn't paying off, man. And when you're when you fatherless, you look for your love in the streets. Yep. You know, you look, for, you look for your guidance. You look for big homies. You look for validation in the streets. So uh, as all uh, the majority of young men in America, no matter what color you are, you want some validation. You want some acceptance. And uh, the life of crime was the thing that was giving me you know, access to be able to get things, but it was costing me um, at a young age. So I got locked up uh, when I turned 16. I got out when I was 17. But the whole time I was in jail, I was watching videos. They had music videos, and uh, they was playing NWA and DOC, Ice Cube, and that, you know, Public Enemy. I was watching that shit like, man, they not going to jail. Shit. They got, you know, big chains, mansions, and cars. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So uh, I began my pursuit when I got out in 1990, December 10th. Okay. And uh, that that date right there, you know, I was actually I was I was slated to do nine more years uh, as a ward of the state. That's when they take you from your parent because you got too many felonies as a teenager. So they just you know they take you from your parents and then they ship you off somewhere to a group home. You know, sometime a lockup facility. But long story short, uh, I got blessed to get out. Uh, good time served and uh i started working on music by just going to the local dj and trying to get instrumentals and okay. uh, that was my beginning stages as far as real production uh learning about samples you know learning about uh keyboards and midi and the different things that allowed me to become uh, a great producer at a young age and be able to teach other great producers, you know, the formula of uh, synchronizing and uh, no samples, you know, just make play some on the keyboard with some drums and synchro, you know, synchronize it. 
And that that was it. Mix it down, and you got your song. And we was doing that in our house on eight track. Wow. Eight track, wow. Uh, real to real, man. And if you snap that real to real, then your ass was out. <laughs> yes, I remember real to real. Right, right. Yo, people these days, these artists, they don't know how easy they have it with everything being digital. You know. Man, they had the slightest idea that you used to have to uh, take your Panasonic uh, cassette or your Sony cassette, you know, deck and record from one tape to the other tape. Yeah. You got to listen to the whole thing for each copy that you do. It got to. <laughs> Man. <laughs> then they came out with high speed, though, uh, and started adding that to cassettes. But, I mean, it's it's a trip that I'm I'm still around and still hungry as ever. Yeah. You and know. You're still uh, coming this- from back then, it's like I'm more hungrier now because I feel like I ain't get my big break. Like, I got a break, but it wasn't, you know, the worldwide break, the nationwide break right. where you were, you were a household name. But what comes with that is uh, uh, the example is like Master P. Uh, I taught Master P a lot of things, but he had to drive to, to make it happen. So okay. I don't take nothing from P. But he, he made it so big that to get that back is almost impossible. Not that it's impossible, but it's damn near, it's it's looking like, you know, uh, and I don't want, I'm glad that I'm not on that level where I'm somebody who used to be somebody. It's like, I'm still somebody brand new to the world because I'm I'm so independent that, you know, it looked like I got cut out. It looked like I got cut out. But what happened was, the game fell right in my lap because all that major label stuff that everybody would like to be part of, it ain't nothing but horror stories coming out back to back to back. People that's in them 360 deals getting right. their ass knocked off, right. you know, for their masters, they publishing, for their merchandising, for their digital, for their streaming, for their licensing, for their sync. Each of them things I just named is your money. But if you do, do some deal with somebody, you know, for some cash up front, then what you trading is your administration rights to all of those things. And that's that's the problem uh, in the industry. And artists are spending like slaves, you know, right. uh, TLC type shit, you know, uh, Jerry Heller, Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real shit. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing, JT, that I always like loved about your career and I respect it from the beginning is because you were always independent. You were always preaching being your own boss. And even when a lot of artists, and it wasn't maybe popular to do that because everybody was trying to chase the bag and sign those quick deals, those bad deals, you always kept it independent with, you know, get low and all of that, man. So salute to you on that. Um, Yo, so you said you got out in 1990? Yeah, I got out in December 10th, 1990, man. And and I ain't been back since night, you know, by God's grace. Amen. Salute to that. Yeah, amen. Hey, man, they got me for high speed. Super speeder, man. You twenty miles an hour over the speed limit. <laughs> but that's far as my crime uh, uh, go, you know. Yeah. Uh, speeding, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm deep into independent grind, man. I love this shit, man. I really do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You're one of the innovators of that, JT. This, this big whiz, man. I've been following you since the Get Low days, and and to see what you're doing now, like with the uh, Fillmore Bama and what you did with Trap Flicks and, mm-hmm. man, even the bum life, like the the mobile studio is just inspiring, man, coming from someone that's independent themselves. No, that's that's a blessing too, man. A lot of people been uh, hitting me up about a lot of the things I'm doing, and I didn't realize, you know, uh, that that many people was knowing about me or, like, 
like really tuned in, you know, because my social media is not that big. So I was thinking, you know, I'm still still independent. I just know how to get the money from my stuff, so I don't get the fame, but I get the money, and that's what keeps me going. Yeah, because I know how to get the money, and I ain't signing shit if it ain't right. Right, and then like you giving back to the hood. Like I remember seeing you do the. Uh the Fillmore Atlanta shit, and you'd have people on the side of the road. You'd be like, yo, if you want to come out and work, I'm going to give you real cash. And you were helping homeless people out and people that really, really struggling, giving them more money than they would get punching into a nine-to-five. That was really dope, my dude. I sacrificed my cash advancements with my distribution companies so that I could paint my face more important than me paying a budget to get on. Atlanta is a place you can get on, but you could pay your way or you could work your way. Mm. And I just I, I I tried to pay my way uh, because that there is benefit if you have some sort of budget. But I realized that these are not friends, and that I'm actually paying to be, you know, with a hope that something can happen. Right. And um, but I. If you're in the independent game, you must be ready to spend your own money, go to the pawn shop, sell your house, sell your car, sell your necklace, sell your wedding ring. Shout out to my wife, Tisha Boo, man. We sold them wedding rings and flat screens and goddamn the kid playstations to start trap flicks, and we've been up ever since. Wow. That's amazing, man. That's because you believed in yourself, man. You had to invest in yourself, you know? Man, listen, it's a scary thing sometimes, but when you got that idea that you know only God could have sent you at the time, yeah. you go for broke because if I'd have waited for somebody with a budget to help, I would have been I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have the respect that I have right now that money came by, the respect that I actually have right. in the independent world. And now, um it's like I'm a superstar movie maker now, and I'm, my movies get made on the iPhone, man. I ain't got no camera crew, man. They thinking Trapless is a big <laughs> camera. They like, you know, I'm paying you to do a, you know, getting your movie, you know, pay for a promotion or what they call it, uh, a, a, a product placement. Product right, placement, right. You know, and then when they come to do the scene, they be like, oh, okay, where, where the trucks at? <laughs> Ain't no trucks, bro. Like, this my, this what I shoot the shit with. Yeah. Man, you shoot it with the same phone you talk to me on. I said, bro, that's what make my shit so real. When you watch my movies, you don't know if that shit real or fake. Real shit. That's crazy. You can't yeah, yeah, yo, yo. So I, I want to get back though, cause like, so you got out in 1990, and then don't stop till we major. What year did that come out? Uh, putting it on the map came out June '92, and then "Don't Stop Till We Major" dropped November 16th, 1992. Okay, so putting it on the map, I was pretty much a kid with two albums in stores in the Bay Area, and all of the people was calling about that. Like, who was this fucking kid putting up, producing his own, you know, music, and uh, and then putting it out himself? And he the rapper, and he the producer. Yeah. That was just, you know, that was unheard of uh, at that time. Right, right. You were one of the innovators on that. Like, not a lot of people were producing their own records. And for you to be, yo, how old were you at that? You were what, 16? 17. I was, I, was, I, was, I was 17 when I got out. Wow. So I was 17, 18 years old, and I had made basically 10 albums in 94, and that's when I made history as a, as a young dude that I put 10 albums into the pipeline and the profit span coming back at that time was sixty cents for the DVD, seventy cents, and then wholesale it uh, for eight dollars, six dollars. So imagine the profit span on that. Yeah. Um, 
and, you know, printing up 10,000 uh, uh, DVDs. 93 was the year DVDs was created. And, man, everybody who had any kind of music was absolutely smiling because of the profit span and the margin. And that's what allowed us to do wholesale for $4. That's wow. what E-40, E-40, Uncle St. Charles, the one that masterminded cash up front, 3 to $4 per unit, and they'll buy 10,000 units. They'll buy 5,000 units. And it's like we was running to that motherfucking distributor. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> City Hall distribute. Boy, listen, people was putting their auntie out, their cousin. <laughs> put out your put your mama out if she could just halfway, you know, uh hold a couple tones, a couple words over some beats. But you know, when you independent, that's that's that was the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Now you, you mentioned E forty, like did he play a big role in like influencing you to be to be on your independent grind like that? E forty is the reason. Okay. Him, him, and Dr. Dre. Now, Dr. Dre was for the sound and creativity, but E40 is my foundation of how not to go find nobody's record label, but start my own record label. So E40 and the Click was like JT and the GLP. Yeah, yeah, word. We, we probably did like that in RBL Posse. Also, we had to throw them in there too. Yes, sir, definitely. So with the GLP, um, so you were putting out solo records first, and then did you form Get Low? Or... I did three. I did three. I did three solo albums: two in '92, one in 1993, November, and then my first project in '94 was the GLP in March. Okay, word. And the GLP, correct me if I'm wrong, is you, San Quinn, Seth, the Gaffler. Is it just the three of you, or is there another one? Demo the youngster. Demo, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now, did you know all those guys growing up, or how did you guys click up? Um, I knew them from the neighborhood, but. It, like, we went to different schools, though, so we wasn't, like, on the same, like, you know, the same uh, apartment complex or on the same block. Okay. Demo, his mom lived in Oakland. San Quinn, his family lived on Central and Divisadero. I lived on Mac- McAllister and Fillmore, and then Seth, his mom lived in uh, Vallejo. But we all hung out by my house in Fillmore on McAllister Street. Um, the, the the actual person though that I give credit to uh, for for being a foundation for me is a guy named J Mac. Uh, you probably seen his name in some of the credits if you was ever you know back in the days reading the credits was yeah. like reading the magazine. Right, man. We were just talking about that. We'd get together, get an album, yeah. roll up, read the liner credits. Oh man, that shit was a that that was beautiful back in the day. Yeah. That was part of the whole thing. Who yeah. made the beat? What engineer? What studio? Right. Who made it? Who took the picture? And where can I go get these same graphics at? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, all them numbers used to be in there. Um, yeah, man, shit. That was a good time. Man, no doubt, no doubt. So you guys were, so like, was everybody rapping? Were, were the other three guys <laughs> rapping at that time? Or did you influence them to rap? Like, how did that work? Okay, the rapping started from being in jail and you beatbox off your chest. Mm-hmm. Or you beatbox on the table, you know, uh, at the schoolhouse lunchtime. Yep. And then, you know, uh, the fat boys, you know, they used to have a little, uh, the, the main fat dude, they used to make the beatbox, the human beatbox, that's the name. Yep. Yeah. The human beatbox, we were trying to copy him by what he was doing with his mouth, but we were trying to do it on our chest 
on a car, on anything that you could use your your palm and your knuckle. Yeah. And 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 uh, Demo was really the first real rapper that we had from because he's older. Me, him, and Steph was older. San Quinn four years younger, so he was fourteen. I was eighteen. Okay. And um 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 um, um Demo was the one that used to rap and just a circle, like a crowd would just come around and we'll just listen to him rap. And then he'll battle other dudes that rap. I was not a rapper at all. I didn't have no idea. I had no plans on being a rapper until I got out of jail and I seen that rappers, Easy e and them, I wanted that Easy e money. I wanted that, that E-40 money. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It, it's like uh, the pursuit. Oh, rapping Forte, man! What oh, the fuck yeah. I'm saying, man? Rapping Forte is our founding father, man. That's our that's our godfather, man. What about Rappin Mac Fote. Dre? What about huh? what about Mac Dre? Okay, Mac Dre, that's our other founding father. He's from Vallejo. That's a little bit north. Okay, that's about forty miles away from Frisco. Okay, but um, Mac Dre is definitely a founding father. He would eat forty two shorts and spice one to me. You know. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, he he up there, he on that level. Yep. Because what he was a rapper that did the crime and did the time and no, he wasn't part of that particular bank robbery. He wasn't part of that one, but due to the fact that he was affiliated and was the rap artist for the romper room, yep. they grabbed him and off of a conspiracy and speculation. They was able to convict him off of that. Uh, but he didn't tell, which was the coldest part about his story, you know, when you dig deep into it. He didn't. He had a rap career, man. He had 10, 20 labels trying to give him a million dollars. He chose his friends' freedom. Man, I can't tell on my friends, man. Right, right. I wasn't there, though. I right. wasn't there. Man. But that made him a fucking urban legend. Right for street for street niggas like for street shit, a guy that 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 is slated for success, happiness, you know, uh, well being for his family. Man, his family was so hurt and disappointed, and we was too as fans. But the streets, we knew what that meant. See, he can't tell, boy. His life is over if he tell. Right. Even even if he wanted to tell, his career is over. Right. It just would be bad. It just it wouldn't have been good. So it turns out excellent for Mac Dre. And I also taught Mac Dre how to put out multiple projects and multi-project, uh, how to uh, do licensing deals with City Hall. So I showed him that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're going to definitely get into that, JT, because a lot of people don't understand, like, how many careers you're responsible for or how many how many people you influenced or put up on game. Like, there's a lot of people that... A lot. A lot of people that you influenced and, you you know, you showed them the ropes and got them in the game. So we're definitely going to touch on that. Um, speaking of Mac Dre and, like, the whole Crest side thing, what's your relationship like with Mac Moore? Um, me and Mac Moore made a hit song called Game Recognized uh, Game. It's one of my favorite and, songs of all time. And then we fell out about the song because I guess... You know, he he made uh, Sick With This. Yep. And then uh, Sick With This. So, yep, he had to so Sick With This. Basically, we loved Mac Maul like we loved RBL Posse and Mac Dre. Like, we loved them all. Yeah. Um, I was a fan. I was honored that, you know, when I called Young Black Brother Records to, to get Kyrie to buy a beat from him for my album, 
instead of Kyrie calling back, it was Mac Maul called back. And then we started talking, and he was letting me know he was familiar with my work. And shit, he said, come get him. So I drove up there to go get him and bring him back to my house. And, I, and one of the songs I had, it was called Game Recognized Game, but it wasn't no words to it. And I had the beat for it, but I just didn't have the words yet. But when, I, when Maul came in, he started singing the hook, and then that's how we got the song. And then the song blew up so big, but he he got kind of jealous based upon, you know, he was doing numbers. Yeah. But the recognition that I got doing the song with him, though, he felt like, well, shit, I'm the reason the song is so big. You know, and I said, well, shit, I'm the one put the money up. <laughs> I'm the one made the beat. I'm the one gave you the title for this track, you know. Yeah. It's a collaboration. We did good together, man, you know. And um, But as of, as, of, as of now, though, we don't have a relationship, but we did make a movie also. We the first ones to make a movie in the bank called Beware of Those. It's on YouTube right now. Okay. Okay. That was in 1998. That was 20 years ago, and it cost us $25,000 to make it with, 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 with film camera. Then you got to process the film. You got to color it. Then you got to stink it with your mouth and hope your mouth match up to the <laughs> to the picture. Right, right. Then they goddamn come out with something called the iPhone with an app on there to do everything, and I'm doing all <laughs> <laughs> Right. Who would imagine that, man? I know the film industry is mad as shit about these damn camera phones. That they have everything. to be. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Yo, JT, I had a question too, um, off off record. But um, did you uh, have a relationship with with like Jacka, rest in peace, and the mob mob figures? Yeah, yep, yep. Jacka, that was my bro, man. We 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 uh, our our relationship was like family-orientated, less industry. So we'll talk about our children. We'll talk about our families. Right. Uh, problems with our women and, you know, going through it with your baby mama or your girl, you know. we He was heavy on the family shit, so he seen I was heavy on the family shit, too. And he seen me going from baby mama to baby mama, uh, wife getting divorced. I'm like, God damn it, this shit is... Jeez. <laughs> It's yeah. get harder than, you know, doing the life of crime. Man. You know, finding the right woman. So he he was big on that. He'd be like, did you find her yet? Did you find her yet? I'm like, boy, she's somewhere out there. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> He's like, I think I got one. Then three months later, man, she wasn't it. Man. <laughs> I said, and then uh, with, that, that, with the mob, <laughs> like, with you and the mob figures and people from the Bay Area, like, do you think it's you guys took that independent way? Because I feel like, so many of y'all should be on in that national light. You guys got the, the, the lingo, the styles. I mean, a lot of shit comes from the Bay. Just uh, everything, the whole the whole culture of hip-hop, a lot of it was curated in the Bay. Is it that you guys turn deals down? Do some artists turn deals down, or is it just... No, no, no. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, because I'm a victim of it myself. When we get our buzz in the Bay, we are accustomed to shining in the Bay. You want to be where everybody ah that goes such and such you know you you not you not thinking about breaking ground in a fresh place because that sound like starting over but JT the bigger figure had to start from scratch man and that was one of the hardest things I did in my life right that I had a career already 
within the Bay and the economy and the marketplace for music and, and me being an older artist, it's like, man, you already was the man back. Like, for me to be in the Bay Area, I would only be the man that used to be the man. But when I left the Bay Area, I became a new man and let my work judge me. And then I got on the map with a brand new face called Feed Panamera. Right. Filmo, Lana, Filmo, Bama. I don't even got to go back to the original Filmo because it got gentrified anyway. Yeah, the branding is amazing. Person, not one person that I know, man or woman, 80 years old or 20 years old, that owns a fucking house. Wow. I ain't talking about you mortgaged in that motherfucker for 40 more years. I ain't talking about no shit like that because they'll trick your ass with that type of shit too. Have you believe in you own it? <laughs> The first note and the second note. Right. So you got two. What? Wait a minute. What's that? Yeah, man. It's called the first note and the second note. You know, and goddamn it, the interest on it is so crazy. It's just like you just paying money just really to rent, but you really never going to actually own that fucking house. So I said, I'm going down south. They told me, told me, hey, man, come buy you a house down here, bro. You yeah. can actually own you a house for twenty five thousand dollars in the in down there. Crazy. And 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 I, I don't care what neighborhood because when I got there, I didn't have nothing. I moved to Atlanta with two thousand dollars to my name, and my rent was a thousand. I had to lie for the first month and duck and dodge the man because I couldn't spend the whole two thousand. My family would have been starving. Wow, bro. Wow, dog. Wow. Yo, but see, once again, man. it's a testament to you believing in yourself. You Leap picked up faith. your family, moved all the way across the country with only two grand in your pocket, bro? Two grand, bro, and the house was uh, 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 furnished a little bit. I didn't have no car, but I had my camera, my laptop. I had my magazine, mandatory business magazine, and that's what I used yeah. to build up uh a faith that is valuable or is an asset. It wasn't so much about charging them. It was about me meeting brand new people because meeting people, they bring you to other people. Right. And then you must seize the moment. And I'm a master at seizing the moment. Whatever that moment is, I don't waste it. I maximize it. Whatever I get access to a new artist or a famous artist, it don't matter. Maximize. Studio yep. time. Maximize. Yep. Right. They told me the beats. They told me the best producer in the world to me right now. God damn it. Go get them beats and then me. Go cook up something for me. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I didn't realize what I was doing until two months into being in Atlanta with no car. Got to go get groceries. Got to pay the electric. Got to pay the cable bill. God damn it. Oh, man. Listen, this shit right here, boy. But it's like. If you JT the bigger figure, then do it again. That's how we're going to know if you the fig or not, because the fig make play. Mm. And if I'm in an environment that is conducive to success, ain't no other place in the world more conducive than Atlanta, Georgia, for a rap artist, an actor, or a producer. Game. Game. It's so many transactions. If you go there looking for a deal, then you might as well take your ass back home. <laughs> if you go there to make transactions off of your talent, your skill, and then network so that you can be qualifying yourself for a deal, or you give yourself a deal, go digital distribution and flood your motherfucking pipeline. Yeah. Flood it. Yeah. 
You must flood it because guys is doing digital distribution thinking that they about to get the money we got back in the days off of a fucking album. And you could just press up 5000 on anybody's album as long as the cover looked cool and long as it was just okay. It didn't even have to be good. Them things was good as so because the rap hip-hop market is a billion-something dollar market and it's been like that for years. Definitely. Word. Word. Wow, yo. There goes Jules, all you young artists, independent artists, man. Take your notebooks out or take your iPhone out and, right. get, and go on the notes app. Yeah. My man's giving no, out jewels. That's real. That's, that's, that's what I want you to tell them, too, because it brings me joy to share this type of knowledge. And then some listener takes this information, and within seven days, they see progress like it's been two, three years. Only because they feet wasn't even on the ground, man. You sitting right. up waiting on some shit. Everybody that I'm knowing, I'm seeing the majority talking about what they're waiting for. It's something that is outside of them that they are waiting for. And I'm like, I wonder, have they heard that somebody called God? <laughs> right, right. Because God bless you with talent, insight, knowledge. He bless you with ideas, but then the idea, do you got the faith in the idea that looks like it going to change your life, but you don't have a faith in yourself? You know, you want an outside external force to do the work for you. That's why people get their ass robbed in a 360 deal looking for a deal. True. Right. Right. Jules. Instead, you're supposed to look for a buzz and create a buzz because a buzz is the beginning of what any label was going to do with you anyway. Amen. Get you a buzz. Right. 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 Yo, it's so true, man. And, like, most artists, they don't realize that, bro. Like, they look at it like they're looking at it backwards. If they would look at it from that perspective, it makes it makes much more sense. But they get caught up. You know what I mean? What year did you move to Atlanta? September 1st, 2010. Boy, I'm a master at my date. I see that. I know, God damn it, I better make something shake real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I moved to a new house, a rent, 1100, five-bedroom, two-car garage in Union City in Atlanta. And that's when I felt like, God damn it, I'm with my family. It's a way better home situation until the goddamn, you know, you got these homeowners. And then they, what, what they call them homeowners? The... <laughs> The slum, not slumlord. Slumlord. Okay, I, it, it's not a slum. It's, it's it's a good house. Yeah. But goddamn power, the heat thing wasn't working. And I'm talking about me and my family in there with blankets, two coats, two pants, and we putting shit in the fireplace. I never lived in a place where cold, like touch your body, it touch your bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, no, live, we live you in the Mecca. We need two coats and two blankets because the fucking heater went out and the man didn't fix it for a whole month. Oh, man. You ever been to Minnesota, JT? Oh, it's snowing, but I didn't never make it. We're going to have to get I you up here. So y'all snowing right now? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, a few yet. more. Uh, wait a minute. It's, it's, it's October. November. Yeah, we'll Probably. get some snow in November. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be real snow, like yes. with, like with the with the salt trucks and all, all that, that type of shit. All that, man. yo. It's funny. We we had a 
we had A1 and Joe Blow and Cheese on the slap and mob figures up here, and they had never seen snow. They were doing snow angels and <laughs> having snowball fights and shit. It was crazy, bro. <laughs> Boy, listen, that right there, that whole going in the snow shit, listen, in Atlanta, Georgia, I I heard that it might snow. Okay, boom. Our first our first uh, winter there was September, I mean, uh, 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 November of 2010, December. When December came, they said something like, you know, uh, warning, snow, something about the warning. Yeah. I didn't know. You know that you' supposed to go to Walmart and buy a hell of shit. You know, soon as you, the war- you know the warning thing. Man, I got two brand new baby children at the house, man. We go to Walmart, man, and I'm talking about it was nothing hardly on none of the shelves, no milk, no nothing but some water, a little bit of water. Man, and I was tripping like, man, how they just gonna sell all the shit? They're like, baby, this the south. You better buy your shit whenever that warning go on the news. You know, people react instantly. And then I didn't know you're supposed to have a shovel when you're living in the South. So you could shovel your driveway or you're not even getting out the driveway. Man, yeah, we, we know about <laughs> it. We man. live that life here, man. We got so hella y'all shovels. live that life. Y'all, snow, y'all snowmobile boys. Man. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. It gets kind of hectic over here during the wintertime. Some people still wear shorts here in the winter. It's, it's crazy. crazy. They wear shorts. Yes, yeah. Hell nah. In the snow. <laughs> yes. Some, some people do, man. Shout out to my little homie Brandon. He shorts 24-7. That's wild. Shorts, man, it's so cold. It's cold as shit in Alabama right now. And it ain't even, it ain't no snow or nothing, but I'm just, you know, uh, this is a little different than Atlanta. It's more country orientated, but Birmingham is the biggest city. So uh, That's... I, I, I guess I'm in a, I guess I'm not. Too far off from the Atlanta format, but the South for for Bay Area artists with that question you had asked, uh, what's wrong with the Bay Area artists and in, in going national, is definitely uh, linked to the way the re- the radio, the way the radio work when uh, guys get deals. Yeah, they push it, but they push the rhythm, rhythmic forty. What is that shit called? Yeah, rhythmic. Something- yeah, rhythmic. Rhythmic. Yep. Okay, rhythmic is not per se what they got down here, even though they do have that. I just was realizing and learning uh, why the Atlanta artists are having leverage the way they are is because the streets can provide the material for your buzz, and then a local manager or a local label or somebody to see that uh, your effort and with all of the material, meaning you got clubs, like you got 45 to 50 clubs, 60 clubs. And when I say that many uh, clubs, I haven't been in all of them, but I'm knowing like these, when they put the list together, they have more clubs than any place, like probably like more than Las Vegas or something. Yeah. They got Four black radio stations with some guy who actually lived in the neighborhood where the rappers is coming from. Yeah. Okay. The DJ network is all mostly black. Well, yeah, it's all black. Some hood niggas. Yeah. Okay. The radio programmers, hood niggas. (laughs) The goddamn, you know, uh, a producer, basically everybody is hood orientated, and they saying that goddamn it, they can make a star overnight when the uh, coalition DJs 
you know, in the, the hood rich, if them two if them two DJ crews get behind the song right now in seven days, if that song got, you know, some meat to it, that's the next song, like Lil Baby. Yeah. Lil Baby come right up out of being able to be, you know, have access to people that work with QC, but the guy who put the money up, he's a dope dealer, but he like shit. It's time to clean dope dealer shit, and then he, you know, pees his homeboy. But I watched him take a nobody, and in a few months, he's the biggest thing. Wow. That's the real. Same thing with Future. Same thing with Future. Same thing with Rich Homie Quan. Same thing with Young Thugs. Same thing with the Migos. Like, everybody who I had something to do with in pushing and promoting, you know, once certain people touch it, it's like, oh, shit, once them DJ boys do it. But then sometime now they want to get a percentage of what the artists, you know, if we help you blow up, we want a percentage. That's kind of fair because they have the power to get you right on the radio and in the clubs in, in seven days. Everybody's talking about this new song. Wow. So the network is, the is that strong? 250, 350, 500, 600, a million. Man. So JT, what um what brought you to Birmingham? What what brought you to that Fillmore, Bama? What's I see um, I see you put together like a a huge rec center out there, man. That's yeah. really inspiring with the basketball courts and the the studio and everything. But yeah, I just I was curious what made you uh, do that there. Um, I wanted to come to Birmingham as my satellite office for Fillmore, Atlanta, and what I'm doing in Atlanta. The country towns and the towns away from Atlanta give you more leverage on transactions in what you're building. In Atlanta, it's more territorial. It's more click-orientated. It's more money-orientated. And to get traction would mean that you would have to have some type of community behind you. So you would see me with the homeless people. Me working with homeless people was their blessing and my blessing because nobody passed shit out better than them. Yeah, word. And they live right there, and if I drop off a 1,000 CDs or DVDs, they could sell them and get the money. So they might fight for me for the motherfuckers when I drop them off because to somebody, that's $60 a day. Right. Hell yeah, they dropped the price to $3 for a DVD in a case with the full color on that motherfucker. Like, I'm, I'm watching this shit. These my promo units. They selling every one of them motherfuckers. Yeah, man. That's a hungry because, that's a hungry street team right there. Man, when I looked at it, I said, God bless me to do this something nobody never did. Go get all the people nobody want and then put them on my side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know they talking about that shit still to this day about the guy from California. Every day he with homeless people. Like, bro, what are you doing with these guys? I'm like, man, they're more important to me than goddamn Gucci men. Right. Because they out here at 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning. They under the truck. They in the garbage can. They over here in the alleyway. They are JT fanatics. Could JT come drop that money on them? Like, huh, man, I love y'all, and it's my donation. Man. Yeah, I mean that's all. That's all. That's how you. I mean, you've been rocking like that for a minute, though, JT. Like, you know, giving giving back to the community, bringing people up. And like I said earlier, I wanted to touch on that. Like, um, a lot of people don't know, but like you were responsible for Game coming out early on, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I made Facts. Game February fourteenth, two thousand two, uh, in Inglewood, California, 
at a hip hop conference with Minister Farrakhan and Russell Simmons had had through that in the shit night and then was there also. And it was basically about uh, a conference so rappers could get educated to, you know, not signing 360 deals, uh, be more responsible to your community, you know, network with each other. And when he said that, Minister Farrakhan said, you know, I want y'all brothers to work with each other, you know, be independent, you know, build your own labels. And when I met Game, I said, man, it's the next nigga for the West Coast, man. This nigga, if he get on, if they could just see him. So I put him out there, and Dr. Dre and them came and got him, and the rest was history. Wow. I didn't get no credit for it till the other day. It seemed like when uh, the streets knew that I, I'd done that. But as far as him saying it out his mouth, that's the first time he said it. He put it on his Instagram page because I guess he's been watching my movement, and my name is ringing bells in places. But it ain't really per se based on no song. It's just based on my movement and what I do for the hood and for people, period. Right. And I guess, you know, I guess it's it been coming across the dinner table. Well, JT, you're, you're inspiring us all the way up here in Minnesota, bro. The movement is definitely is definitely noticed, my dude. Oh, man, that's a blessing, man. And it's a dude. There's some dudes out there. If, if they listen to the radio, I love y'all, man. My man, Gunny. Little Gunny and the Watch House Records. Okay. They nice. <laughs> JT, I yeah, got a couple uh, people on Facebook Live. Uh, my man Dolo from Ill Studio said, what's up? And then we got uh, Aki Cashmaker. He asks, how can we take your movement and do it here in the Twin Cities and, and submit and do more stuff up here? Um, the secret to my, um, my, my blow-up right now, um, it started... In December of 2013, January 2014, is when I, I said I'm going to use the visuals to get my word out and to get my music out and collect my, my streaming. And I will have a product that's a unique product, even though the bootleggers had a field day with my shit. <laughs> it, 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 it gave me leverage. Um in terms of what my message was, my music was, you know, my acting skills, you know, or not even acting skills, my personality skills to go from this type of character to this type of character. Um, in the film, also, I could put, you know, the format of working with the community and up-and-coming people is your leverage in the Twin Cities. It's not the guy who's on. It's the guys that's not on that all have the same goal, which Facts. is to get out of the bucket. Yeah. Now, I would love to come out there if somebody, you know, booked me a flight or something in a hotel, man. Oh, we can make I'll that happen. i come out there and do a conference, man, and I'll do an eight-hour conference, and I damn near won't even need no pen and pad. Wow. You know, we're doing that here at Ill Studios. You know, we got a bunch of people that came together and, and are, are seeing the independent grind and what people like you are doing. So we're doing the film and the and the production. We're even bringing kids in and teaching them stuff. But we would love to have you come out and do a conference. You know, we're going to have to work that out, JT. Hey, look, right? All I want is a lot of food. I want to eat as soon as I get there. Definitely. I want garlic noodles, fries. <laughs> And I want macaroni and cheese. Hey, Dolo said he's in crazy it. To you, but I want to eat that when I get there and when I'm about to leave. And, I, and a hotel and round trip ticket. 
that's I, I I would charge y'all that right there because I'll just be honest, you know, that a radio station and some guys that, you know, follow my, my footsteps, you know, if it can help if it can help the viewers or the listeners out there by, you know, my presence, yeah. then I could actually show y'all what I showed Atlanta and what I'm showing Birmingham right now. So anything that happens from Birmingham that got something to do with me. All everybody got to do is just say, shit, that was God's plan. JT always say God's plan because God's plan is that the people on the bottom come up and that the people on top, they have a seat, man, if they ain't been helping because you didn't do good with what's the top. Exactly. You got to share that. You got to share that thing now. Right. That's God's plan, you know, so we got to work for what we want, though. But I would just send this out to the city, the Twin Cities, man, it's more people poor than people with money. I did not go with the people that had money. I didn't go with the people that was doing good. I worked with everybody who was doing bad, and we took each other's presence and, and affiliation and network very serious because it's a mutual benefit when you're working with somebody in the same boat. But if you guys is like San Francisco, man, up there, where everybody want to compete with everybody, then God damn it, man, listen, don't be like San Francisco. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Competition, competition. I ain't working with nobody. Nah, we're going to keep that, like you said, loyalty, keep 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 the uh, team together. But we definitely are looking forward to bringing you to the Twin Cities. This is going to happen, JT. We'll put something together. I got all the people going crazy on my live right now. Like, let's do it ASAP. <laughs> we got that. Let's go. Hey, that man and they can follow me on feed panamera you know uh, uh on instagram because that's where i go live at pretty much every other day but i'm about to go live you know when i get off with you guys and uh i'm gonna do the diagram for these different packages and and uh for things that people can do that don't really cost a lot of money and you get automatic you know uh something tangible for instance, everybody listening, I recommend you get the iPhone and I recommend you get the app iMovie. I don't care if you're a producer, if you sell T-shirts, if you're a babysitter. You would need to create your own visuals and also the visual products can be monetized in pre-roll commercials now through fucking YouTube, man. It's incredible. You could put four or five commercials on a 30-minute project. Let's say you got a uh, uh, you know, you do a video of you guys talking to me, right? Yep. And in that video, it's just, it ain't no serious graphics or nothing. You might put a beat up under it. And then four times while this is going on, Toyota, come on. Coca-Cola commercial, come on. Yeah. Or, you know, AT&T commercial, come on. Do you know how much money that just was right there? Man, right. that's damn near 17 cents. 22 cents when you put them pre-roll commercials that you have to watch, not the one that you could click and say, nope, I don't want to watch it. Them only pay five cents or three cents. But them goddamn pre-rolls, and they just started that four months ago. The average person don't even know nothing about it. Man. If If you're a rapper and put six songs in that same 30-minute uh, film, they got the pre-roll commercials, and you got six songs. You get credit for six scenes because it's six of your songs. So if you own the film and the music, 
your monetization income is going to go and do like you're doing for Trap Licks. I'm putting 10 songs in a goddamn movie. Right, because you're, you're going to eat off all of them. They got to play now, y'all. They got to play for uh, 10 seconds or more. No, t- 10 or 15 seconds. Just do 15 seconds. Okay. If it plays for 15 seconds, that is an official spin toward that song. Oh, it's lovely, man. Please, you guys, don't sign your administration rights and don't do no deal that say perpetual. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please don't don't do it. My little homie did a perpetual deal. I say, bro, <laughs> man, you know that means forever, right? Yeah, perpetual forever. But it says that he get ninety percent of the net. I say the net, man. The net is the the change after they take. Oh yeah. man, oh, people, that's... please no perpetual deals and no net deals. You want to. Do the deal off the gross because the expenses come off the gross also instead of your net. <laughs> you know what I mean? Game. Tupac, uh, how did he owe Suge Knight money? Let's do the math. He sold 10 million uh, cassettes and CDs. They were $26 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? It cost right. $800,000 to bail him out. That wasn't no money, man. It's true. But I'm just using that as an example, people. If you sign your administration right, now, if somebody going to put their life savings up behind you guys, you know, I would say be fair because that's somebody taking a chance. Be loyal to the, the person that go, you know, and, and leave work early to help you in your career and trying to help manage you or put the money up. Don't be quick to run to a, the next person. You know, thinking that you' about to be bigger and better, and you can shit on everybody. Oh, I'm with P Diddy now, right? You know, or with Nas Escobar, whatever. You know, name dropping. Man, if you don't shut that shit up, man, <laughs> you got with the guy who who pawned his damn jewelry, man, to get you on, and now you got the buzz everybody dream of, and you acting like you know. So Twin City don't do that. That's just, you know, I threw that out there in case y'all be doing that type of shit. You know, lead the person that helped you. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I feel you. And I feel like, uh, you know, just kind of following your story, JT, like a lot of people kind of did that to you. Like you put them on and then they turned it back and forgot about you. Um, and that that's not cool. And I saw a post you put up the other day. Obviously, God bless the dead, young greatness. But I didn't know you were instrumental in helping him get his, his situation. Yeah. Man, I'm the one, man, go watch me and Gucci Man first album and see the song, uh, My People, and that's his introduction out here, that song right there. Wow. And YFN Lucci. Wow. Wow, people, that's wow, crazy. Okay, I didn't know that, man. I did YFN Lucci first music video, photo shoots. I put him on the album with me and Gucci also for my homeboy, uh, Nut, that got killed. Wow. Yo, no, it's a lot of it's a lot of big time people, and I, I'm not good at name dropping. I like it when people be like, "Hey, man, I heard you did this." Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. Yo, how did you how did you end up getting linked with uh with Gucci? Zay Tobin, I did Gucci Man first first uh Gucci Man's first um distribution was through me. Wow. Yeah, before Warner Brothers, it was JT and IOTA, Independent Online Distribution Alliance in San Francisco, and Ingrooves was right next door to us, and Twitter was in the same building also. Wow. That's crazy, yo. 
That's crazy. Now, shit started, started right here, man. It's like, damn. You know, that's what made me want to start Trap Flicks. That's what made me want to go to China and go make my own tablet phones that's preloaded Android devices 4.0, you know, and learn that shit like, you know, I'm not Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. I'm going to be the Pope Man version of both of them dudes. Amen to that. Man, JT, so much game you're giving people right now, man. Because we got a lot of young artists so that, that tune in and listen, and you're really, you're really dropping gems for them, man. So we truly appreciate that. Yo, I wanted to ask you about this because uh, I remember, I believe the year was 1995. It was around this time, actually, of time of year when you dropped Dwelling in the Lab, correct? Correct. Yo, I love that album so much, man. And, like, that was, like, when that album came out, because we had to, like, go to, like, certain little record stores around here to find Electric any, Fetus. Yeah, Electric Fetus. Shout out Electric Fetus. To find any, like, Bay Area music that was kind of underground. But when Dwelling in the Lab came out, it was, like, in Best Buy and everywhere. Right. And I remember, I remember I got the cassette. I brought it home. Yo, the song that you had on there, was it Bay Area Players? When it was, like, all the, everybody was on that song. Master P, like, everybody. That's yeah. the name. Yo, how, how did you... Yo, what was the what was the recording session like? Did everybody come through and record at the same time? Did people send their verses in? How did that work? Well, back then, I didn't have no internet, so I didn't know nothing about sending nothing. You got to come rap that motherfucker. <laughs> so, so Master P, E, Fody, Cool Nut, you know, Fote, San Quinn, RBL, Spicy, uh, Lil Rick, yeah, Linkwins. Um, I mean, all them guys. It, it was, it was, it was my Dr. Dre moment. Yeah, it was my Dr. Dre moment. But being 20 years old, signing with a major company, and I negotiated my own deal. Was that with priority? Because I knew terms and conditions. But what happened was, it was the Million Man March was coming up in 1995, October 16th. They had my album dropping October 10th. Mr. Farcon asked all the rappers and asked all of the people with influence to not do nothing to bring negativity uh, to promote it to the black community while we're wow. trying to clean the black community up. Right. So I, I, I tried to make my album more conscious, and the label was tripping. But then I'm thinking this could be for my soul, and I'm getting tested. Mm. And God damn it, I got tested. That's exactly what it was, because I could have switched and been, pass me them things, let's get them. I'm body, body, kill them niggas, fuck it. You know, I, I, I couldn't do it, because I'm watching people die in front of me for real, and the music to play with it and know that I'm hurt by it is like a contradiction. Yeah. You know, um, the way I do it now, though, I address it through my own character, and then I pay the price for it. I'm getting shot. People can't believe. Wait a minute. You got shot. You got in the movie. Hell yeah. Boy, listen, I got to get paid off this shit because nobody going to believe I got shot with a machine gun and goddamn it, I survived it. And I'm filming right here. Damn, My gut's hanging out. Oh, Damn, shit. bro. That's, they, they hit you in the stomach? That's when that happened? Uh, it hit me. It hit me not directly in the stomach. It hit me. It went through my body uh, coming in from my hip. Like, like in damn, front. Damn. I'm a, um, put like this. It hit right on my right hip, right on the inside of the hip. And it went through and came out out of my back. But it, it, it was so close range. Yeah. Then the next one went through my leg. And uh, the, the next one skimmed my, skimmed my arm. 
And that was within the last couple of years, right? That was on uh, March 28, 2017, last year. Damn, bro, this yeah. is recent. Man, look, if you go watch Dirt on My Boots Part 4, uh, Locke had to get his ass shot, man. That's the only way the story going to be even <laughs> Hell dope. Yeah. Shout out to Locke. Because <laughs> Locke, when you doing all that shit, then what happened after that? I went to Africa. I went and started, built, took my robbery money and built me a school in Africa. Built the right. water well. You know what I mean? And that's in real life. Yeah. But it's in the movie. So is it real or fake? I can't tell y'all, man. Was snow on the bluff real? I don't know. I can't say you and know, that's the thing. That's, no indictment. <laughs> hey, that's the <laughs> argument people have. People are like, yo, that shit, Snow on the Bluff is real. People are like, you seen Snow on the Bluff. That's real. It's really happening. Man. It's really happening, motherfucker. That's that Blair Witch project, bro. You did that Blair Witch on that. <laughs> that's some real shit, though. That's some real shit. Curtis Snow is a uh, talented individual. And, you know, his, his, his method and my method are similar. It's that you just turn the camera on and just go outside and just do something. You're going to figure it out. Yeah, do it, man. But I recommend your whole listening audience. I know you like Android and all that Galaxy shit, and that's cool. Team okay, iPhone. Cool. Okay. iPhone yeah. is more friendly for someone who's actually going to use the product as a product for making a transaction, a cash transaction, to be specific. Okay. Um, you, you can record, you can mix, you can do your graphics, you can get your video. This is, I call it the bum life. The bum life is not being a bum, but the bum life is building up your money, building up your mind, building up the next man or woman, and saving your money and utilizing what you already got instead of waiting for the Sony X-T5 and the goddamn red camera. Facts. No rehearsals, uh, some big-time script. No, you start filming with that phone, you turn it to the left, and then you film. And then you load it into the iMovie program where you can load your beats from iTunes or type some graphics or you get where I'm going? Yeah. And then... You and what you film is the uniqueness of filmmaking. You're going to capture some shit that I'm not going to capture because the iPhone go with you everywhere you go. Right. right. Man, I pull that motherfucker out, man. It seems like I'm catching shit left and right. Just, just footage that's going in my film. Right. Driving down the street in some cities. Uh, walking down this street right here, God damn it, this looks crazy as hell. Oh, I'm at this event. Man, it looks like this is going to be my event in my movie. I use this crowd for my, you get where I'm going? Yeah, definitely. 100%, man. Low budget, low budget, everything, no permits. Use the street lights, the light from the headlight, the light from the inside of the car. Anything free, that's what I'm recommending to everybody on here. Yeah. If it costs you money, that's not what I'm talking about. Right. Either. That's somebody who come and get, get inside your pocket. What I'm telling you is something that's a blessing from God. Call on him and yourself and don't call on people outside of you. That's going to disrespect the one who blessed you with the talent. And he going to hold it back from you because you dick riding somebody else. And that ain't allowed in God's plan. JT don't tell nobody to follow me. I say I can show you the way, but call on God. Whatever name you know, I don't know what name you call him. It don't matter. What I'm saying is, 
quit calling labels, call God, and then take some of this bum life formula to make a product that you can start getting recognition, more recognition than you would have got signing a deal with 300 agencies. Amen. The buzz that if you own the buzz, boy, your number's going to be ridiculous in the negotiation. So don't go for the deal first. Go for the buzz first, then the deal, okay? Artists take notes. 100%. And, I mean, at this point in the game, JT, like, do you think, I mean, with, with the Internet, with, with you know, all these digital distributions and everything, do you think artists necessarily even should sign a deal? I think if a deal come your way, yeah, uh, 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 meaning that you got a buzz, and that's why they're coming. Or you got lucky, and you got a buddy or uncle or friend, somebody who knows, you know, uh, L.A. Reed or some shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, some people get lucky like that. But in terms of doing a deal with a company that believes in you, you it wouldn't be wrong to take a chance on that. It's just that you got to make sure you see your exit plan. For instance, mm. in the 360 deal, you must buy yourself out of that deal, and the price for that will be based on the people who got the ownership. If it's the label, they're not friendly with somebody they bought. Man, we bought you. Those paragraphs say that you got to stay with us for 10 years but unless you make seven albums, and then you can get out early. So, so, you know, so you might have to put in there, okay, I want my rent and my child support paid for seven years. Mm. If nothing else, I'll take that as a, you know, that's my cash thing, you know, 20000 up front, something like that, and my rent paid, I don't want that money. I want the rent paid and child support. Why did you just do that? Because they got a 360 on me. The terms and conditions that they have for them, it won't be no uh, uh, parachute, you know, jump out the plane packaging. But this will be mine that if shit don't go right, at least my family won't be homeless. Got you. That's something that can be said, but you didn't even know you could throw something like that in there. Game, y'all. Game. Straight up. Hey, JT, you got a question from Facebook Live. Oxford Williams from the uh, Cashmaker Clothing Company asked, how do you feel about the clothing movement, and what helpful insights do you have on expanding to other states? Um, well, the clothing, man, I, I feel bad that my clothing side of my hustle is not present. So salute to y'all out there, man, uh, for, for having your operation going, that's inspiring for me. The clothing business is the drug business. I'm going to say that again. The clothing business is the drug business, the right. same that like music and films. If you cook up your dope and control the manufacturing of your drug, of your product, man, shout out to my wife, got this little heat meat. Heat, what, what you call that thing? What you call it? Heat press? Yeah. The T-shirt? Yeah. Man, we selling them shirts. These folk want these shirts with this little design on them. Say trap flicks with the little ugly house. And uh, my man, you know, I didn't know how to work it, but I'm watching him selling shirts for $35 and $30, and he's going right across the street and buying a, a shirt for $6 from his gas station. Yeah. And when somebody want one, he just press it on there, man. I say, God damn it, man. So, yeah, to expand that, man, 
I'm going to tell you to get your iPhone out so we can see them shirts you talking about, bro. I want to see them blank, and then I want to see them with the design on it. I want to see how they made. I want to see the computer where the, where, where the design is getting made. And then I want to see an advertisement saying that you open for networking with other artists, filmmakers, and clothing designers. Yep. Because it's a network when you have a, uh, let's uh, say, for instance, the Traffic, right, Traffic's channel. That's where the movies is at. If somebody out there has a film right now and I put it on Traffic right now, it's going to have instant eyeballs only dissecting that thing down to the finest grain. Because of it is a place that I built up. Now, True. for you to build up, if you have other artists and you say for your clothing line, you about to do, you know, the special edition artist shirt and it's going to have everybody's name on it with a fresh little border or some type of font or something. And then they put their song and you're going to press up some copies. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to do this. I'm just throwing it out there as an idea. If it was me, I would build a product around my, my, my logo and pictures of my my product with on you know people wearing the shirts or I'm wearing the shirt yep. or shit. Then JT one shit, I wear that motherfucker and put it on. You hear that? Then Ox? you take them pictures and then you make an ad. You don't just post no shit on Facebook and Instagram just to post it. Hell no, you got to put a phone number, or email, you know, uh, the place to follow you back at, and that. And then your ad is saying what you inviting the people that you're trying to network with. Now, this is the thing. If you don't talk to 20 people a day and you are a label or not a label, but you are someone with a product or a service, then that means you're not hungry. Mm. And when you hear the word no and they exhaust you, you got to learn how when somebody is talking, how to cut the conversation quick with your prospects, with your potential prospects. You know, these people right here is somebody that is soliciting and you soliciting to get a transaction for money, man, to pay the bills. It's a transaction, but you got to talk to people because when you talk to them, you can find out more information so you know how to approach your client or your customer or your prospect without sounding thirsty or some type of scam. Mm. That's These weird. are the things. It's an approach, but it always starts with a positive thinking in your mind that I'm going to achieve this. He's going to say yes. I'm going to put these sentences together. <laughs> <laughs> so that he could smile because it's based on what you present. Right. Man, look, if your logo dope and you about to do a CD, what T-shirt man putting out a mixtape? Probably hardly none. Right. But somebody on this listening right now could take their logo and I I send a song and donate a song, man. Because mm-hmm. I want to see something happen. I, I like to see shit shake. I like to see progress, same day service. These are the things that JT master and maximize on that make people think that I'm some special type person. Let me tell you what it is. JT used everything that's in arm's reach, and I don't cry about no shit across the street. Amen. Game. JT. Because if I do, man, that shit going to fuck me up, man, and I'm going to be waiting, and I'm getting older, so nope, I can't afford the, uh, the speakers in my phone 
like iPhones. So give me them cheap ones, Mr. Phone. Give me that cheap camera, you know, the cheapest one y'all make. Give me the cheap ear, ear, earphones. Give me the cheap uh, 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 the plugs that go with it and the box and the plastic. that Don't give me the shrink wrap that costs even more. Fuck that. Give me the plastic to put my tablet in with my headphones, and when they bundle up and package it, they, they shrink wrap the box. But I'm saying that to say that I believe in my product, and I know that there's no one else selling phones on the street except fucking criminals. Mm-hmm. But ain't nobody selling no phone that's an unlocked device, Android 4.0 operating system, with 10 movies preloaded on the tablet, whether you get the phone cut on or not, you can still watch the movie. The yeah. tablet is for you to be able to enjoy our movies straight like that. Wow. Without having to have Wi-Fi and JT made it. So if you're a fan of my product and fan of my work, you will want that motherfucking tablet. Because God damn it, boy, listen, you did it. I could put my SIM card in, make JT, and make my call. Hell yeah. Yeah. That shit hard. You could go on Alibaba. Anybody could do it. I'm telling y'all out there in the world, if you got something going, you know, a device and a product that costs 30 fucking dollars. As long as you buy, you know, 300 of them, 500 or 1,000, something like that, you know, you getting a product where you're going to be able to sell for 200 on a markup. That's the retail price was 200 and I was wholesaling them for $60. And then I said, you know what? Give, uh, buy, buy 20 phones for uh, for $1,000. Fuck that shit. I'm going to get rid of these things, and I'm only making them 20 but I realized that on my next time doing it, it's going to be the same thing. If you have a unique product that's real, people going to want it, especially if it's beneficial. Right. Shout out to China, man, with prices that are unfucking believable. Shout out to China. <laughs> man, Walmart be robbing us blind. Circuit City, Best Buy. Oh, man, they quadrupling their money, man. Hell, yeah. Man. But you're right, though. It's a correlation. It is like the dope game, man. You buy low, you sell high, you make a profit. That's what it is. Yeah, and that's what I'm on. I'm on right now unorthodox packages and formulas. Tonight I'm going to be cooking up some. No doubt. Because I'm looking at how can I be, how can I answer people's needs. That's what make money. People who answer needs is people who are going to have money. Yep. If you're a need filler, you know, even if you're a, a car that, you know, shit, you give people rides in the hood for $10 anywhere in the city. Hood over, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Where there's a way, there's a way. $10, you go anywhere in the city in Atlanta. Yeah. And I'm saying this is a real network that's building up right now. More people doing it, sitting by these stores and sitting by, you know, different locations. Ten dollars, you and your kids pile on in anywhere in the city. Wow. wow. Because that's desperation. Right. You ain't gonna burn ten dollars worth of gas. Right. So you up and pop it already anyway, just like Uber. Them motherfuckers be sitting at the airport all day and you know, but I, I I like that y'all have uh, people that is uh, open-minded to business structure that you got to do for yourself. Definitely. So in case your manager fire you, 
you don't jump out the window and kill your family. You know, right? You got people right now; their world is crumbling, but uh, right, but beneath their feet, based upon them depending on an outside source that's saying no or it's not available no more, Settling. and now the reality kick in. Man, I really don't have nothing. I got to look for somebody else to to hire me because I don't have nothing that I could do on my own. Man. So people don't get caught up Ours. and be one of those people. You must be a multitasker, and you can't wait for tomorrow. Time is not our friends. I'm going to say that again. Time is not our friends because tomorrow when it's gone, boy, the things you could have – no, yesterday. I'm sorry. I said tomorrow. With yesterday, when yesterday is gone and you didn't do nothing, whatever you do today is what you eat next week, That's next right. month. Right. If you're planning on having a good Christmas, what is you doing right now? Now, I don't celebrate Christmas, but I know my people do, and I'd be like, well, what is you doing in September then? Because this is the month right now. Right. You got to plant ahead. You got to plant the seeds, man. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. JT, oh, wait got- a minute. Is it October? Oh, I'm sorry. It's October. It's October. It's about it to be no, damn near November. Jake. Okay, so one more day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. One more. We got Halloween. The Scorpios, man, you know, we, we come out around this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, JT, we got uh, two clothing companies, Ill Clothing and Cashmaker Clothing, going to send you some care packages. We'll get a address from you when we get off line here. Okay. And then I had a question from David Powell. On Facebook Live, he asked, what are your top five Bay Area classic albums? Ooh. My top five. Top five. RBL Posse. RBL Posse. Uh, Lesson to be learned. And Players in the Game by JT, the bigger figure. Yeah. Federal by E-40. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Fire. Top of the line, Uh, wine, Carlos Rossi. (laughs) Uh, uh, illegal business by Mac Mall. Yes. Okay. Yep. This is my decision. I'm I'm up on all that. <laughs> and 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 uh, San Quinn. Uh, 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 live and direct. Live direct. Yo, yo, that San Quinn video a few years back. What is it? Look, look what I done for them. Or look what man. That's crazy with the pictures on the video. I don't know if you're oh, familiar yeah. with that one. San Nobody Quinn. See that one yet. San Quinn is cold, man. Yeah, word up. Oh, yeah, he was our best rapper, man. I I, I, I wish he would have added more business, you know, to his formula. But he always said, man, I just want to rap. I don't want to deal with all that. Yeah. You still, you still tense? Like, you still have a good relationship with all, with all those guys from Get Low? Hell nah, man. When I got shot, man, if you didn't fly to the hospital or call my mama or do something to get me a message, I didn't get no messages. They was like, I felt like people was waiting for me to die because that's how the word went out. Like, damn, did. damn. It like did. Then it went to, oh no, he in surgery. Oh, okay, fig. He just posted it. His family posts something on his page. Wow. Okay. Oh no, he's alive. But I say, you know what? This is the coldest feeling to know. This what it would have been like if I was dead. Nobody wanted to get with fuck. Damn, that's bro. What I said. That's what I said. Shout out to you, God, because you had another plan. Because the way that looked, it it supposed to be over with. And what my body went through, and then you gave me my body right back, and then put me right back on the street. Yeah. Oh, man. Shout out to Tupac. 
You're supposed to be here. I don't want to make I don't want to make no mistake like them boys and be like, oh yeah, they shot me. And, you know, I took it and smiled. Hell no, I didn't. <laughs> You're supposed to be here, Fig. There's a reason for everything. You're here man. for a reason, man. For real. There's a reason. Yo, we lost young greatness, man. All this week I've been saying, bro, I feel deaf out here, man. I'm staying in the fucking building. I, I hardly don't even walk across the street to the gas station just to eliminate every angle of bullshit. Right. That's the only way. It's like go somewhere for sure. You know, go straight to your destination, man. Right. Don't going out at dark time. I don't care how tough you is and what hood you from. At nighttime, get to a place where you're going to be at. Yep. All that late night going to the snack store, the restaurant run, and, man, it's just not safe. People want to take your stuff. They're starving in the streets. It's real. Every city. Yep. You know, so just keep your eyes open, people. That's all. There it is. There it is. Well, yo, JT, um, yo, let everybody know, like, what, what you got coming up, man. Man, I got an album. Uh, two albums, really. Conspiracy Charges, that's already done. Yep. And uh, the next album is called Personal Interest. And that'll be, uh, that'll be, uh, I guess I'll put them out together kind of like. I want to name my uh, bio or my the movie about me, I want to name it Personal Interest. Okay. So that is something. But my baby that's being born right now, is dirt on my boots six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Okay, okay. That's my baby. Yeah, five piece baby. You know, five piece. What they call that quintuplets? Uh, quintuplets. Yeah, yeah. Quintuplets, man. I got quintuplets, and you know, uh, I'm putting the finishing touches on on my little babies. You know, I got to make sure that they presentable to the world. <laughs> Traplex. <laughs> go to my YouTube channel on Traplex, man. Um. I'm proud of that work right there. Uh, we might be the first film company to reach 100 films. Wow. You know. Wow. And and that's me as a director. Salute. Yeah. You know, um, these, look, the filming game is easier than rapping, man. I promise you, your phone is so comfortable in your hand already. When you see what the damn phone do, it's like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me I can put this out? This make an MP4. Just make an MOV file mm. that I can sell to the Orchard or I can sell to Empire. I could do a JPEG off this phone. What? And mm. I could put the real letters in the fonts and I could upgrade. I say, damn it, man, this is just too damn good to be true. <laughs> but I'll be trying to share that with people. Quit looking for the big studio that you got to get to. Right. You know, it ain't about no big studio or no money. It's about the dopeness of what you're making, man. That's it, y'all. Focus on the craft, man. Master that thing right there. That's your gift. True game. But master not getting robbed for your gift, because that's the number one thing I'm going to keep saying over and over in this interview. Man. Yo, JT, yeah, I'm just like, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of in awe right now speaking with you, because I literally grew up. Like listening to your music, bro, and like watching you grind and like the independent grind, like you you inspired so many of us here, bro. So like it's an honor to speak with you, man, for real. Like Definitely. I truly appreciate you setting aside some time to chop up game with us, man. It means a lot, for real. Appreciate it too, JT. Man, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, I don't mean to be doing no interviews, really, but she was like, nah, this this somebody you need to do the interview with. And when she said it, how she said it. 
So shout out to my wife Keisha Boo. She she rep for y'all. She shout know out. I was in here editing too. Yeah. I'm like, I ain't talking to nobody. She like, baby, you got a schedule? I said, Oh yeah, you my manager. I gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to her, man. You got a real one, JT. You got JT, a real one, man. We gotta get you out here then for what we talked about earlier. The Twin Cities needs that game, bro. Man, like, please, bro, don't let that little ass number, you know. Stand in the way, man. Never. No God willing, it could be in November or December, man. It ain't nothing but a round trip ticket. Fly in in the morning, stay all the way to the next morning at least. You know we what I mean? Will, we will uh, yeah. plan that tomorrow. I'm going to have a meeting with the, the studio, and we'll get that together, and then I'll have Tone contact you. Yeah, we're going to chop it up, JC. We're going to make it happen, bro. Hey, man, well, I appreciate y'all, man. And uh, anytime, man, let's, let's, let's stay connected uh, so that we could see how we can get the Twin Cities tapped in maybe have a full showcase down here at Film Obama headquarters, you know, in our facility to give them a place to be able to promote in a real down south city, Birmingham. Yeah. Definitely. JT. Right to Atlanta. Be an here. honor, bro. Yeah, my brother, man. Well, yo, I got your number locked in. You got my number locked in. Let's uh, let's continue to build. You know what I mean? And uh, like I said, bro, I truly appreciate you, man. Anything you need is a phone call away. You just let me know, all right? Hey, I appreciate it, man. God bless you, boys, man. God plan, man. God plan. One hundred J. Peace, bro. Peace.